Good afternoon and welcome to Good News Updates from Living Compassion. I'm pleased to be joined today by Jen who's here to talk with us about the nature of the monastery brands as a wonderful ally in awareness practice. Welcome Jen. Thanks Anna. What so excited to be here on this topic. <laughs> yeah. Yes, where would you like to begin? Well, I'll, I'll tell you actually that the inspiration for the topic came from we were looking at the monastery wall. You know, each month there are photos that are um, featured there from the monastery. And, and we invested recently in the functionality of making it so that you can enlarge the photos. So mm-hmm. you can, when you click on each photo now, as of this month, you get a larger version and the high-resolution version of the photo. Mm-hmm. And there's just so much about it in, in bringing that... Um, that level of attention to, I mean, I, I don't have to tell you, Anna, <laughs> spring at the monastery, it's, I mean, it's always extraordinary. The grounds of the monastery are absolutely extraordinary in, in that, I mean, I don't know how many, how many other pieces of land this size on the planet are untouched in this way. Um, this so beautifully stewarded and, and all of those things. And in this time of year in particular, the, the invitations to pay minute attention to detail are absolutely everywhere. So, for example, one of the pictures on the wall this month is of a mushroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so delightful how the mushrooms, so you'll, I'll just be walking along the path and realize, you know, those leaves are kind of in a funny clump. And yes. what I always realize is that's because there's a glorious mushroom under there coming up. And sure enough, if you get down on your hands and knees and you look down there, often there's not an insignificant mushroom, like a big thing pushing its way just inch by inch by inch up through the ground. And then out comes this amazingly intricate structure that's got the gills underneath it and all the things. So then putting those in the monastery wall and wanting people to get to have that same experience of being able to see that level of detail. Oh, I love that, Jen. So uh, if I'm tracking, you get to have that experience of getting down on the hands and knees. First of all, awareness registers that clue of the leaves moving. You get to get down on your hands and knees and pay that exquisite close attention. And then folks with the monastery role get invited to do the same. You can click, you can get in close and pay that close attention to the image. And I find myself doing that. It's such a, you know, people have been talking about it on the morning show, and especially this week with the walking meditation, that invitation to slow down. And, yes. and when we do, it's unbelievable the variety, the color, the texture that nature provides for us. Another one is the, um, is the poppies. So, and mm-hmm. each, there's a picture of, um, a group of the poppies. I mean, the gar- there's absolutely no way in one photograph to capture the beauty of the orange poppies in the garden right now. You just can't do it <laughs> um, because they're everywhere and they're absolutely beautiful. But one of the photos shows a single poppy that each one has like a hat on it, is the best way I can describe it, that it will shed. So when you see the orange coming through one afternoon, you know that tomorrow morning that poppy is going to come in full bloom. 
Mm-hmm. And just that, I, I don't know, for me at least, that, um, that level of exquisite color and texture and detail that nature offers us feels like such an invitation to pay attention. And, and that, that thing that we talk about of how attention is the highest form of love, it's such an experience of that. Yes, attention is the highest form of love. And what I was hearing in the poppy in its hat and also seeing in that image is that, as you say, that, that poppy is going to um, emerge and bloom. And that yeah. image is like one moment in a dynamic unfolding process where you can touch yeah. into that dynamic unfolding process when you look at it, right? You can see that emerging, see that unfolding. Yes, exactly so. And you know, the other thing when you reflected that back, Anna, is so often when I'm walking around in this beauty, I think of quotes, you know, like when you were talking, I just thought of that Annie Eason Nin quote, right? The one of, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember exactly how it goes, but at some point it becomes more painful to stay in the bud and we bloom. The clematis, right? That's the other thing, how quickly it's all going. So even since we've published um, this set of wall photos, there's a whole other glorious set <laughs> ready to come out because of the clematis, which are these big, beautiful sort of um, pink, they've got pink and purple and white in them that bud, um, they climb up the fence that's just outside the, monetar- the monastery main building. And again, it's, it's such a place of, you know, people talk about being woken up with, oh, I have my indoor shoes on halfway down the path. And for me, the clematis every year are that like, oh my gosh, <laughs> the clematis are all, almost here already. How did that happen? <laughs> and just yeah. that sense of, yeah, yeah, I've seen that fence. I, yeah, I know there's, you know, mm. there's some growth on that. Yeah. But remembering it's such a good wake up of it's changing every day. It's changing every moment. And it truly is. It's so fun. Yes. What I'm hearing, Jen, is it brings us to we don't want to miss a second, right? Okay. <laughs> So every day those mushrooms are moving, the poppies are emerging, the clematis is coming out, and we want to be here for it. And we want to be here for it. And how quickly, that's the other thing I thought of when you were reflecting about the poppy, is as far as we can tell, that poppy gives it everything it's got for, I don't know, what is it, four days that it's in full bloom? Mm -hmm. It just goes for it. (laughs) That's such a great modeling. You know, not looking at, boy, this is a short life, or... But just how it comes through, you know, gives us that beautiful glory for those four days and then off it goes to become part of the soil. Yes, yes. All these mirrors of the intelligence animating, as you say, that like circle with no remainder, wholeheartedly, perfectly. It's inspiring, isn't it? It really is. Another one on the on the wall this month is of the artichokes, which is another one for me of Oh, those artichoke plants get big, fast, and it's one of those where, right, that it just suddenly occurs to me, whoa, if they're that big, then there must be artichokes coming. So Mm -hmm. start looking down into the plants and realizing, oh, they're adorable, just like like a baby anything (laughs) is adorable. The one, the photo that's on the wall this month has an artichoke that looks like, because it's right next to a little one, looks like it must be nearly full size, but it isn't. The photo is 
is deceiving that way. So the big one in that photo is probably, I don't know, you know, half of a regular size artichoke. So the little one is so tiny and they're just so precious and beautiful. And the colors on them, those purples and the greens of the leaves and the way they're nestled way down into those plants. It's, it's just, it's a gift. Truly a gift. Truly a gift. It's like truly a gift and the gift of receiving that gift. <laughs> exactly. The gift of receiving that gift. And and then, you know, the, the gift of seeing that we really wanted to invest in, you know, giving our best shot for people to get to have that same experience of getting mm-hmm. to see the detail of it and spend time with it. And one of my favorite things is, I think we did it with... Um, there are these flowers that Sequoia planted for us next to where our beloved Sadie, one of our, our dog monks, was buried last year. And she planted these wonderful wildflowers that are just as whimsical as they can be. They're all different bright pinks and reds and purples. And, um, and so I love that, um, that challenge of taking a photo that shows the kind of the unique gift of a particular flower or whatever it is that we're photographing. And then I love it when we can get the monastery in the same frame, you know, to show, so to get down, to see the, to see the flowers and then to realize, oh yeah, and there's the monastery kitchen, especially these days when people don't get to be here. It's fun to get to try to capture those, you know, what we know is so close to everyone's heart. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So everybody can get to have that window on the place. Exactly. And and also all those processes, right? So there's the processes of flowers and the process of intelligence animating in the kitchen, right? It's all, it's all yeah. happening. <laughs> it's all happening. It's all happening. Mm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, well, thank you. So, so anyway, much. we just wanted to to um, bring folks' attention to that, that they can enlarge the photos. And as we were looking at that, we thought, gosh, well, there's so much. That's, you know, that beauty and the monastery ground is such a support for awareness. And and that's a small way that we uh, attempt to um, share that with everyone in the newsletter. Mm. So folks can get clicking, huh? And get clicking, in. exactly. Yep. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jen. It was so fun. Oh, thank you, Anna. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. And we'll turn the show over to Michael. Wonderful. Thank you, Anna, and thank you, Jen. Good afternoon, and welcome to Open Air. Good afternoon, Ashwini. Hey, Michael. Hi there. I could just picture those uh, flowers and artichokes as Jen was describing them. It's great. Yeah. Well, you know, what I just love about that is is that it's such a skill of paying attention, right? I mean, the ability to be so present that you can see a mushroom coming out or being able to recognize the seven different colors at the heart of a flower it requires such a level of presence and such a level of attention to detail. And therefore, there's that love that we talk about that is a byproduct of attention, right? Because what we understand, what, we only know what we love. And attention is the mode of that, of getting to know. And so just that, just being able to be that present and then offer that gift to everyone who can't necessarily be present to 
the flower in the monastery garden, but that invitation to be present to wherever you have a flower around you, right? Yeah. Just the gift that keeps on giving. Yes, exactly. And to make those monastery photos available to us in high resolution is great, so we can share that experience as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, precisely so. And I have an announcement here. Okay, wonderful, Michael. Would you like to start meditating, and could you use the support of Sangha? Or perhaps you have a meditation practice and would enjoy sitting with a group. Virtual Meditation Groups offers 30-minute conference call meditation sessions seven days a week. And for a complete schedule of the groups and for all other practice opportunities, visit livingcompassion.org. And a few reminders today. If you'd like to get in the queue to talk with Ashwini, press star six and then one to make a show and a conversation on one topic, please. And about five minutes is great. Okay, Ashwini, I think we are ready here. Excellent. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Ashwini and Michael, this is Gabriel. Hi, Gabriel. Gabriel? Can you hear me okay? I'm just stepping out really quick. Hold on a second. Ah, this this should be... Uh (laughs) Uh-oh, a motorcycle. Um, Hello. Um, Sorry about that. I wasn't prepared to be unmuted that quickly. Um, So, um, hi. um, I was um, listening to last week's uh, open air, I think, and um, a caller was talking about something very similar to what I've been experiencing lately, and that is this um, feeling of... um, feeling, uh, having just this uncomfortable emotional feeling that's just kind of dark in mood and, and just, it doesn't feel good. And, um, before when I was younger in practice and just younger in general, I would find a conditioning story for it and then kind of peg it on something. But now I'm able to just stay with the sensation without, um, assigning um, any meaning to it or assigning anyone any blame or any attributing anything to it. And um, I was just calling to uh, talk about that because um, it's it's quite a new experience for me, but um, there's a lot there. There's a lot of feeling um, without attributing. So um, mm-hmm. just just uh, to get some support with that and to, to hear anything that could be helpful with that. Well, so let me just, there's a lot of uh, noise, Gabriel. Michael, oh, are you sorry. hearing any background noise? Yes, I'm hearing some of the background noise also. Okay, well, yeah. we'll just talk over it, right, Gabriel? <laughs> so, so you're calling, from, calling about something that you were hearing on a previous uh, open air, it sounds like, and that, that ability that you are now noticing not to attribute a narrative or a reason or a cause to an experience to an experience that is actually dark or uh, could be considered to have, to be intensely emotional. And what I hear you saying in that, right, Gabriel, it's like 
I'm in, I'm in very, very heavy weather and it's storming and uh, you could either make up a story about it or you could be in the weather. And it sounds like you have the availability to just be with it, not to make meaning out of it, not to try to distract yourself from it, not to attribute it to anything or any or anyone, just to be with it. That's exactly right. And um yeah, just sometimes it gets really stormy and really uncomfortable. And, um, you know, there's that big temptation to, you know, distract or find uh, something to peg it on. But um, mm-hmm. it's that kind of Buddha practice of, like, sitting and staying there and not moving until, you know, mm-hmm. this this kind of passes through. But um, I'm just – I'm learning that, that there's a lot more than – you know, I, I thought I had been feeling this stuff, but like lately, there's just a lot of stuff. And um, I'm also highly empathic and highly sensitive. So I, I it, it's tempting to um, attribute it to me picking up like the, the energy field of, of the collective conscious or whatever. But um, I, I, I'd rather stick with like, it being, I can only feel what's mine to feel and I can only feel what's mine to kind of liberate and that I don't have to take on anything from the outside and that if I'm feeling anything, it's because it's, it's mine to feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because we don't know, right. Gabriel, I mean, simply you're, you're not attempting, <laughs> Sherry was talking about adding legs to a painted snake this morning, right? It's not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> right? Everything extraneous to your direct experience of what is here is, is, is unnecessary. And so, yeah, just to be able to be with what is, whatever it is, whatever the ranges of energy that you are able to experience. And, and if we're lucky, without limitation, that's what we're here to do, right? Everything that is in life is, is what I am. And so, I, I have volcanoes, volcanoes, as well as uh, still creeks, <laughs> and uh, I just I have the range to experience it all. Yes, yes. There's there's just this um, very tender place and this like um, heightened um, sensitivity. Like if I'm at the supermarket and I buy something like uh, wrapped in plastic or something, there's just this this very um, kind of strong feeling of like, oh, no, I, I don't want to um, add to that. And um, just and then their, their ego comes in criticizing society and the culture around. And then that overlays on top of that. And then it just and it can just keep getting compounded. But I think at the core of it all is just this really direct experience of the first noble truth um, of life being suffering um, and it's, you know, it's, that's the first one. And, um, I'm, I'm just sort of like really getting a direct experience of, of what I project the Buddha meant when he was talking about that. Um, and it's, you know, it's really hard to do that. It, uh, it, it's really difficult at times. Yes, it is. I mean, we're not on an, uh, the spiritual path has never been described as an easy one. Right. And, <laughs> and here's what I actually heard you say, right, Gabriel, because, it sounds like the incident that you are describing at the grocery store, there's a sense of, oh, I'm buying plastic and I don't want to contribute to um, 
polluting the planet. And I'm extrapolating here, right? But the, mm-hmm. the, the, the instant that you experience is being alive and caring, on top of which there is, the, there is the notion that it shouldn't be this way. So I suspect, and I don't know this, but I suspect that life just simply is, and the suffering is also, also is, there's a facticity of suffering. But you are experiencing being here and then experiencing the suffering. Have you, uh, life, you said you suspect life is, and then I lost the word you said after. And Well, so you, you describe that experience of intensity as uh, how life is, right? That, that, mm-hmm. uh, but, but that's not what the Buddha said. The Buddha said suffering mm-hmm. is, and life <laughs> is also, right? Which is an important well, the- distinction to make. Because what you're describing is such an, imp- I mean, we don't want to label life as suffering. What the Buddha said Le- is suffering exists. You can't that moment of presence is what you were experiencing on top of which there's criticism of the people who produce plastic and your role in contributing to that and uh, all of those things. But that came after, not before. <laughs> well, leave it to uh, the the Enneagram 4 to do that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's like, I, as soon as you said it, I, I see it. And that's like the habit. It's that there's this really, this velocity to, to, that's the thing with, with ego. It's like, it can be so um, quick, but it can't be quicker than life, but, but it can be so <laughs> sticky. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I project that there's what, what, what the sequence that you're looking at and what we've been practicing on, on the year long as well is there's a registration of caring. There's watching the attention go to something wrong. This is not how it should be. That pain of that, that gets attributed to the, the pain that gets converted into suffering. And then we redirect the attention back to that original sensation, which probably by the time we redirected the attention is, is no longer there. Right, and we're paying that yeah. level of close attention, either to sensations that are happening in this field of consciousness, or as Jen was talking about, to the mushroom coming up through the earth. Yes, yes. And so, so I, the landscape to... is uh, either the the weather of the wonder of the mushroom, or the the weather of the despair of human beings' egocentricity. Yeah. Yeah, I I tend to um, uh, look a lot at the nuances inside. And, um, yeah, I I loved um, hearing Jen's description of that, too, because I think that 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 assists me in um, not dwelling too long on on looking at – because the inner and the outer are the same. And I think that there's Mm -hmm. just – ego creates this boundary between like my inner experience and the outer world and um i think as that boundary dissolves i think that that unity consciousness or that you know it's all one or cherries it's all pink um becomes more available and and then in that ego can't create an identity and it can't uh create this experience of an isolated separate reality or something and um that's i don't know I mean, I, I don't know, but it, it creates this epic battle between this human being 
that's looking to be free and um, ego that's looking to keep the human um, confined to this limitation. And I just feel like the, the tension between that, the, that dance is, is what keeps, I keep feeling very deeply. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm following what you're saying, that, uh, that, that is what the mind does, right? That is what ego does. It is, it is separation because not only, and it, and it's, and the battle is fought in so many ways as you're pointing to, right? Uh, Gabriel, which is, me versus the rest of humanity that's not as sensitive as I am or as caring as I am, <laughs> or me versus the me in me that needs to transcend. So there's this, there's a separation between the human being and ego. And you're right, right? That we're always looking for and paying attention to what, what in our, in our, um, what we can experience as that apparent conflict and getting mm-hmm. back to that place from which the conflict ceases to exist simply because we're not attending to a process that separates, right? And from that place, it's a very, very different place where there's no battle because there is no, no there's a sense of interconnectedness where it, it, when you were talking, what dropped in is that thing we say, right? All uh, thoughts, words, and deeds. Uh, from the beginning of beginningless time, where, where I take responsibility for everything, for every harmful thing that has ever existed in the world, because I'm not different from anyone or anything that's creating harm. It's a sense of yes. responsibility without a sense of blame, which is where that all the pink and the being being pink comes from. Where well, I yeah, can what, what... see what's happening without denying that I'm part of what's happening. When life hears that, um, it, it can hear that and, and um, be totally um, just in equanimity. But when ego hears that, it, there's that lashing out of like, I didn't do that because it's, ego is um, separation. And um, I think that that's what happens. That the, the thing with ego for me is, is that, for example, if I'm identified with my physical body and the physical sensations that ego is creating for my physical body to feel, then it feels like I am feeling those things. But, you know, it's, it's not like ego is annoyed or ego is in conflict or ego is um, uh, making me, uh, ego is feeling bad or whatever. Um, as long as there's any identification with that, then it feels like I am in those states. But it, it, it's, it's just, uh, I'm, uh, it's, it's tricky because it's like, I'm, this body is registering the experience that ego is creating uh, for this body to potentially identify with or not. And the job is to not go with ego and stay with life. And that's, I think, what is strengthening in my practice to see the difference between, uh, you know, the imaginary world of ego and, and the real uh, reality of life. And, and it's so basic and it's so simple and it's always that same thing yeah it's so basic it's so simple and as you said it's so difficult <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes 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 yeah. and depending yeah, on where you're, you're con- because you have to keep sw- you you have to be consciously switching that default identification with i am the body or i am the mind or i'm the ego or whatever the i is associated to be to be what is that that is within quotes Real, right? True. 
I, I find too that like when the this and I this identification happens like the sense of humor is like instantly restored and when there's identification there's this like thickness and like darkness and this like difficulty like laughing and enjoying um it's it's that's a big clue i think the sense of i once heard somebody say that uh, enlightenment is the restoration of your sense of humor or something (laughs) (laughs) could be well the the battle for me was uh, a zen master who said right anger strengthens the ego laughter i mean uh tears dissolve it and laughter transcends it i love it yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for, for the support and for being there every week, open air. I I love it so much. So thank you. Thanks, Gabriel. You take care. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us, Gabriel. And Ashwini, I really enjoyed that careful looking and seeing, you know, what is ego and what is life and that whole idea about labeling sensations in the body has always been fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes such a level of looking and such a level of practice and willingness to stay with it until that transformation that Gabriel was talking about happens, right? That first yes. I could just stay with the sensations rather than going to the story. And in the middle of all of that, I could still identify with intrinsic purity rather than going with uh, suffering. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. And we have another caller here. Great. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Next caller, are you there? Double muted, perhaps. Hello. Oh, there we go. Yes, I can hear you. Hi, Ashwini. It's Renee in Oregon. Hey, Renee. Hey, Renee. Hi. Hi, Michael. Hi. Well, I was calling in because it's been a while since I called in. And and, um, my life got really, really busy with the pandemic and working a lot of hours and in the particular industry that I work in. And so I couldn't participate in the morning calls or in these calls. And so it was just sort of one of those places I had to look and see how can I practice because that was those two things were I mean I would listen to the archives but um, but I didn't have a connection so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, until so the first just, opportunity you have one you call in yeah right yeah right yeah 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 and it's so I moved away a little bit from it even and um, then I started meditating in the mornings more frequently earlier than I normally had. And uh, that was helping quite a bit. And then recording and listening and then practicing the year-long retreat started getting more into that. And so I feel like things are settling down a little bit now, but I just wanted to check in and just connect because I haven't connected with anyone in a while. Yes. Well, and, you know, Renee, that's, it's so beautiful what you said, right? Because, yes, life does escalate, and there are circumstances and situations that we're called to show up for. And so the, the formal practice structures that we used to, we used to uh, surround ourselves with or, or work with in order to support us may or may not be possible. 
But that doesn't mean we quit the practice. So what you did was to look for how you could practice as your life became more complicated and some of those practice opportunities weren't able, weren't available to you, right? It's not I quit practice, right. it's how do I mod- uh, modify this in order to be able to keep practicing. And then when then life shifts around again, it's like, okay, well, now I'm able to call into the radio show. But what's, what's non-negotiable is that I want to support myself to be here. Because in, in a situation like a, a pandemic where there's an escalation of participation in that direction, what you really want is to be present. Right, right. Yeah, and I could definitely feel myself, um, the right word, getting into more conversations in my head. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, with less practice. And so, and just listening to the radio shows is a huge help. But there still wasn't this, I guess, processing or discussing. Like even the weekends, I wasn't able sometimes to sign up for the workshops. And so it was sort of, it sort of threw me off base because for so many years I've been able to either, either uh, make, I had a flexible enough schedule with most of my jobs that I could make it work, you know, a few times mm-hmm. a week or, or, and also definitely sign up for the workshops and things. Or, and I haven't been to a retreat, of course, like none of us have for quite a while. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's definitely some uh, having to figure out how to do the practice, how to practice in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the thing that you're Always again method. Yeah. Yes. Well, and what I hear you say that's so uh, beneficial, right, Renee? So I don't quit the practice. I look to see how I can practice. It might not look the way it did, but uh, I'm going to find a way. And to, to yeah. really be aware that the structures are supportive. The reason I put this all together in my life, the reason I have it in my life, the reason I choose it in my life is because it benefits me, right? And yeah, so definitely. to know that the, the absence of the structure is causing me to suffer more is an important uh, reminder. It's like Jen walking out of the meditation hall and going to, wow, the clematis is here. Right, because it does tell mm-hmm. us uh, what we used to take for granted that we can't afford to take for granted. Right. Definitely, definitely, yeah. So, and and in a way, it's been a gift because, um, you know, if there's something, then I have to look for for what am I going to do to practice um, and let life offer those opportunities mm-hmm. or those. Um, mm-hmm ways that I can do that and and they may be different and so it also strengthens my commitment um, you know because there's a voice that says well I don't want to just meditate by myself or I don't want to uh-huh. you know do this or that I want to do that you know I want to go back to doing what I wanted to do or what I've always done and so then I have to look for you know okay then I I just do it like I just keep the commitment or do the thing yeah that I know will bring me present into the present moment. So, yeah, that's so fun, Renee. I was just looking at that, right, because it's basically what option is not on the table is what you long for. What's on the table, you know, when it's available, it's like resistance to what's available, and then it's longing for what's not available. And so you're right. To find to yeah. to decide, I'm going to make it work. Really strengthens the ability to make it work, rather than listen to any voice that wants you to talk talk 
only about how it how it's not working or how it needs to be different or uh, maybe you don't need to do that or this is the form it has to take or whatever it's saying, we just learn how to lose interest in that and go towards what is supportive, whatever that looks like in the moment. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of like this um, this wall of resistance, you know, in, in, in structural form. So like, or I don't know if I said that right, but like, the yeah. structure's changed, so now there's this new resistance to not just right. doing the things I've always done. So now what am I going to do because I can feel the suffering, right, and mm-hmm. these conversations yeah. that are coming back from, you know, before they weren't there because I was practicing more. Mm-hmm. And now, okay, what am I – and I want it, I want – I don't want to be in those conversations. I don't want to be yeah. not present. And so what am I – you know – then I have to overcome that resistance, that yeah. new type of yeah. resistance. Yeah. It, yes, exactly. And it feels, it, I mean, and the thing that we know, right, Renee, it's garden variety. It's just shifted its content of objective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, and, mm-hmm. and it's important to realize that it shows up as resistance regardless. <laughs> so if I switch from yep. X to Y, then as you said, there's structural resistance. I want the old structure because that's, that was familiar. I don't want this new structure because I've got to get used to it. And, and if we don't believe the yeah. content of it and recognize it simply as resistance, as I project you're doing, then you just go ahead and do what is supportive for you. Yep, yep. Yeah. And I, I so appreciate yeah. everyone else having the time to practice during the times of the radio <laughs> show. So that I can listen. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Even if it, yeah. even if you can't be there, it's always so wonderful to right. listen to to the radio show, the archives as you've been doing, because it does bring us to bring, bring us to presence. Yes, yes, right. Yeah, and we overcome all of those voices that say that bringing you to presence has to happen a certain way. Right, because it doesn't. Because right. it doesn't. Yeah. Right, because just so many new ways that are happening. Mm-hmm. That and mm-hmm. and every everything is new all the time anyway. But for conditioning, it isn't. And so, right. Yeah, I yeah. don't know how to say that, but they really are. Well, uh, the, yeah, well, the good news update. Good news update said it for us, right? The clematis is always growing. Whether I know that the clematis mm-hmm. is growing or not is, is right. Right. I won't know till I'm paying attention to it. And one day I realize that it's growing yeah. because the flower shows up. <laughs> so right. that, that, that's, that's really our experience. We do know everything is new. And then some things we notice and some things we don't. And so yeah. all of these encounters that we're arranging for ourselves is to make sure that we're constantly um, running into something that tells us to, are you here, Renee? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Great. Well, thank you, and thank you to everyone who's practicing with us. Thanks, Renee. Nice to have you back. Thank you. I'll try to keep coming back. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us, Renee. And Ashwini, I love that idea of coming back and recommitting and also calling into the radio show, not necessarily, quote, for me, but as a gift to Sangha, 
to share my practice. And in that amazing way, I benefit, obviously. And everyone else, you know, gets the benefit of my practice and everyone else's practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, if we didn't show up for each other, uh, there wouldn't be a practice. Yes. Yes, yeah. precisely. And Ashwini, we are going to break here and we're going to hear from our sponsor and then we'll come back and talk with more callers. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. What if you lived with your soul as your pilot? What skies would you fly? How wide would you open? What would you sing if you gave voice to your beautiful heart? This great song by Trish Bruxford Culligan invites us to give voice to our hearts. Simply Celebrate offers you a variety of ways to express your heart. And one of those is by celebrating the people you love. Our one-of-a-kind customized celebration books are like magic mirrors that reflect all of the laughter, adventures, and delight that friends and family share. Clients tell us that this is the best gift ever. Give voice to your heart and give a gift of love that lasts a lifetime. Visit simplycelebrate.net and turn ordinary days into an extraordinary life. Welcome back to Open Air. And Ashwini, we have another caller here. Great. Next caller, you are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? Hey, Michael and Ashwini, it's Ann and I... Unmuted myself, so that's good. I wasn't caught in the double mute. Uh, <laughs> a black hole. Hey, Anne. <laughs> hi, hi. Uh, well, I just wanted to call in because I just wanted to express such deep appreciation for practice. I was um, sitting on Sunday listening to the workshop, and I was um, in the queue, but, um, you know, I'm sure there was just so many people in the queue. But I was sitting outside in the garden, and there were – as, as Jim was talking about, you know, uh, spring is just bursting all over. It's amazing. And there were all these bees um, going from flowers to flowers. And I just thought, that's just a perfect metaphor for Sangha. You know, all these people are calling in. They're like bees pollinating the Sangha. And so as I sat there and listened to all these people call in and share these wonder, their wisdom and wonderful insights, I just thought of them as bees pollinating all of us. Mm-hmm. What a lovely, lovely image. Absolutely yeah. lovely image. Yeah. 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 Flowers and bees. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's yeah. So, um, it just brings us to a place of gratitude, right, and is what I think you're pointing at, where yeah. what a privilege to, to be able to sit in your garden in this beautiful spring season watching these flowers and bees and having that experience with the group of people that you walk your spiritual path, you know, you walk your, your spiritual path with. Yeah, and, you know, I, I just realized we're, we're both. We're both the flower and the bee, and we get to change mm-hmm. places, and how just so lovely that is. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, it sort of brings, us, brings to mind that interconnectedness, right? that there isn't the bee and the flower where the bee, the flower, the, the, the pollination, the, the receiving, the giving, the sunlight, the spring, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just 
just just beautiful. I mean, it was such a gift. I just so and then the other thing I just wanted to appreciate is um the daily peace quotes. I mean, my heavens, I I cannot tell you how many times reading that email in the morning is exactly what I needed to hear um or need mm-hmm. to hear or they just you know they just speak to me so directly and uh I mean, you know, there's tons and tons and tons of practice opportunities, but just for today <laughs> I'm appreciating Sunday <laughs> workshop and the daily peace quote. <laughs> yeah, curated just for you, right, Anne? It's always <laughs> like that. It almost always feels like it's all arranged. And the wonderful thing is, it is, because that's your experience. Yeah, like one of them from Sherry, like recently, was um, if you're looking outside, you're looking in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. which I just thought was uh-huh. so great. And there was one a couple of weeks ago, something really disappointing happened Um uh, uh, one day for me, and the next morning there was the real, I don't even know how you pronounce Reiner Maria, is it Rilke? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Rilke? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he, he, the quote was something along the lines of, let life happen to you, believe me, life is in the right always. Mm-hmm. I just thought, mm-hmm. wow, to live that, to embody mm-hmm. that, I mean, mm-hmm. wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To live that, to embody that, and have your attention go to that experience and then be there for, for that moment because yes. you are living that in that moment, right? Just not to just receive yes. it, but to have it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So it's just, uh, I don't know. It's just, you know, I'm very grateful for having a big enough heart to receive all of this. And then, of course, I'm grateful <laughs> for everything that is offered. Um, from practice, it's just, you know, it's just delight. And then, of course, you know, there's the year-long retreat and getting able, being able to be together every single day. And, oh, I don't know. I just had to call in and say I'm so grateful. Yes, I'm delirious with gratitude. Yeah. 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 yeah it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's all, it's, I mean, when you, when you say that, right, and I go to this experience of such abundance, right? And that, to oh, me, is... Yeah. Where we where we live when we live in in presence because yeah. the, especially in in a time like spring it's just overflowing with life and bounty and uh, and so that 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 that's what it's like I have to keep saying thank you because uh, thank you yeah. for the ability to have the container to receive all of this to see all of it to have all of it and to give it back. Yes, yes, and to just to be able to receive how blessed we are, you know that what a what a blessing mm-hmm. just that is, and uh, yeah. yeah, and of course spring it just spring feels it just feels like spring is springing bigger and better than it ever has, <laughs> for some reason, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So yeah. that's all. That's quote unquote all, but isn't that huge? Yes, I mean, because it is all right. That's all. Yeah. All in that sense of the word, and it is absolutely huge. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, thank you so much. Go happy. Go happy. Thanks for joining us, Anne. And I share that sense of gratitude. Ashwini, also, Mm -hmm. so many opportunities, Mm -hmm. and uh, Mm -hmm. grateful to be here and to participate and be connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we have another caller here. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? 
Double muted, perhaps. Next caller, can you hear yes. us? Yes, yes, I was double muted. This is Jeff <laughs> in North Carolina. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> hey, Michael. Hey, Ashwini. Oh, wow. So twice in a day here. Um, so I, um, I really just want to, I think, uh, continue the conversation about awareness because um, uh, it's really what I'm enjoying uh, the most. Um, it, it, um, yeah, and, and it feels like such a gift. Um, the practice feels like such a gift. Uh, I, I really was kind of saying this this morning on the morning show that um, the it just it feels like we have an abundance of uh, uh, you know of, of focusing on attention and awareness lately, and I I just couldn't enjoy it more. I, I uh, you know I just uh, I'm so grateful that we're doing that because I, f- I feel like it's really having the effect of of really uh, deepening. Uh, the relationship with attention and awareness. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Jeff, what I hear you say is you're having a good time, right? <laughs> you're having <laughs> yeah. a good time and reporting on having a good time, which is what attention and awareness is, right? It's our definition of bliss. And so the ability to practice that, it's what I think Sherry just said recently. There's a science to this. If you do what the practice says to do, you'll have the experience you'll have the experience. And so Mm. here we are, all of us, sincerely and wholeheartedly, taking advantage of every practice opportunity, which has at its core the training to attend to awareness. And the more attention we we put on awareness, what we experience is happiness, because that's that's the experience of awareness. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Um, And it's really... um yeah, it's really when when here there's really nothing to do. Um, it's just uh, that that experience is is just it's just I, I can't even say it's happening. It's more being, um, and, um, and and I you know I do want to talk a little bit about what the resistance that comes up too because I one one of the big uh, things I notice is that. Um, you know the idea of that evaluation that's going on about how how much I'm present or not present, and and some of the time the story about uh, you know how how I'm not present as much as that story says I should be, um, and you know and then and then that that conversation is not it doesn't exist in the moment. Um, you know that that conversation is there, and sometimes that's going on, and there, it's creating suffering. And then other times, well, that's that's just irrelevant. <laughs> it doesn't even there's no there's no personal personal doesn't exist, and the past and future it's all it's all. I, I was really seeing the other day that that is a con that's not meditation. <laughs> that's that's a conversation about past and future. It's it's mm. talking uh, supposedly about meditation, but it's not it's not meditation, um, and it's not in the moment. Um, it yeah, it just it really struck me that it's about it's about past and future. Uh huh. Well, let me see if I'm following right, uh, Jeff, because at this level of the conversation, we we might be getting into some heady territory. <laughs> so 
so that place, so the first thing I heard you say, which, which seems so true, is when you are, well, part of your practice is noticing, right? So you do notice mm-hmm. when, the, when the mind goes to, well, you're not really paying attention, Jeff. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you're not present because how are you noticing that if you're not there to notice it, if awareness is not noticing it, right? So we don't want to put any labels on if the conversation is there, I'm not present. If I'm aware of the mm. conversation, then, there, then you want to look at that and go, right, how am I aware of that, of that voice in my head? That's one piece mm. of it. And then the other piece of it I think you, you, were, you were pointing to is Yes, we have experiences where the uh, attention, I mean, the awareness is so expanded that the conversation is not registering. And then we have experiences where the awareness is not that expanded and the conversation, conversation seems very, very close. <laughs> and the charge of it mm-hmm. is being felt, right? Mm-hmm. It's what Jerry mm-hmm. was talking about this morning, uh, of, of, of if, if you're aware that we're all having an experience Experience of awareness while we're reporting on ha- on on not having the experience. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Right, because how would we notice that we're in quotes not having the experience, except that we're right. we're here? That's exactly right, and it doesn't mean that you don't have those undulations of expanded and collapsed awarenesses. Sometimes the awareness is so collapsed you don't know you're identified, and then you come to. But the, the clarity that you had in meditation where you recognize that the conversation is about the past and the future or comparison or whatever else, that's not, that, that clearly, it might be talking about meditation, but it's not meditation. Meditation is sitting on the cushion, having your attention on awareness so you can register the conversation and know it's not about meditation. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such a profound thing you said, right, Jeff, because we sit there with, and completely lost in that conversation because it's about meditation and think that we're meditating. Mm, and we're not yes. aware of that, right? Yes, yes. And, and that conversation has gone on for years, and, and I'm sure it will continue to go on. Um, and and I, would, I don't know, I just... It just more clearly than ever before, I saw, wait a minute, <laughs> that, is, that is not meditation, you know? Um, and uh, so it was, just, it was just great to see, wait, wait, that is, that's, that's irrelevant. <laughs> and it, you know, it purports, it, you know, it has, it has had me uh, mesmerized some of the time as if it's talking about uh, what's going on? Um, yes. But but uh, <laughs> it but anyway, it, I I don't know if I'm fully seeing it at the moment, but it's just you know again it it it's not about now. That mm-hmm. that conversation okay. is not a, it's not it's talking it's 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 uh you know it's uh kind of creating it itself. The story is creating its own experience, but it's but that's but it's not um that story is not now it's not it's not talking about now it's it's talking about a story right well and it's a hard thing to articulate right because what you're noticing is that the content of the conversation is always about the past and always about the future or always about the experience i am 
I'm just ha- I just had a moment to go. Because as mm. you said, mm. in this moment, I'm only having the experience. Everything afterwards is afterwards, <laughs> right? And so mm. to, to, to have that nuanced uh, awareness of, wait a second, that's not meditation because meditation is being here on the cushion and that's not now because the content is about the past or the future. It's a, it's a really, it's sort of like a wake-up call, a clue that I, my attention is, not, is, is on the conversation. And what I need to do is to redirect it away from that, back to awareness, to an expanded awareness of being here, perhaps noticing the conversation, but not, uh, but not uh, leaving here to be in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Right, right, yeah, yeah. That, right, the conversation might continue, it might not, but the, the point is I'm seeing that. If, if it's there, I'm seeing it as a conversation. Um, meanwhile, bringing the attention here back to the moment rather than, rather than focused on the conversation, rather than listening to it and believing it. Precisely, precisely. It's what Cherry says in the orientation to meditation that we've all seen so many times, right? We don't reject anything and we don't entertain anything, right? And that's that whole witnessing. So it's there. Okay, there it is. It's... Uh, it's not there. Oh, it's not there. This breath is a slow breath. That breath is a whatever breath, right? I'm just with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and it's really well, good to notice the uh, just one last thing before you go that sure. there was a habit of uh, entertaining the conversation and believing it that you've seen through, right? Mm. That's, mm. that's important as well that, that it's not going to get you that way anymore or it might but at least it won't get you'll be, you've already been trans- transformed by the awareness of noticing mm. wait a second I've believed that conversation for a really long time that if that's meditation it's not meditation and now I know that because I noticed it you know, yeah you know that, what that brings up for me is it, it's kind of like ooh uh, you know I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that conversation come up again, um, mm. y- you know, mm-hmm. just, to, just to see like, okay, well, what, yeah, not, not that, you know, just like how, how I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have to know anything about that. I don't have to figure it out. It's not, not that I have to be free of it, but it's like, how is, you know, how is it doing that to me? And mm-hmm. um, just to be like, okay, yeah, um, rather than, you know, dreading that conversation, uh, you know, or not want, or, oh, that always causes suffering or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, yeah. no effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Jeff. All right. Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us, Jeff. And Ashwini, we have another caller here. Okay. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hello, Michael and Ashwini. It's Margaret. Hey, Margaret. Hey, Margaret. Hi. Well, I'm really enjoying the show tremendously, and so I, I, I wanted to, um, oh, just to say how, um, really how, how wonderful it's been to do all these practices together at the same time 
you know, in having time to do that in my life. And, and I, um, what, one of the things that I was seeing that I, I didn't have a chance um, to share on Sunday was how much participating is, is what really lights me up. Mm-hmm. And one of the things, and that um, also it just dropped in when I was looking at that more and more, the participating, how much practice contributes to participation in so many ways in my life, but in a different form, in a different way than, mm-hmm. than um, it would have without practice. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so practice is an invitation to participation, and participation not just in practice, but outside of practice, in all venues, right? It's what lights you up, being part of, being to show up for whatever it is that life is saying, life is inviting you to. Yes, and and I guess that's what I was seeing was that the reason <clears throat> participation lights me up <laughs> so much now is because of pra- practicing participation the way we do at the monastery in on retreats and um, doing working assignments with other other monks or other people and. It's like that um, that way of participating by by practicing being here mm-hmm. and really being yeah. present to it is is just mm-hmm. so key to um, well, like to everything <laughs> being here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, in in order to participate in existence, we have to be part of it, right? Margaret, and that's yeah. what the, the attention on the voices robs us of. We're not here for the life that we're a part of. So we might be part of it, but we don't experience being part of it. So presence is the key. Attention is the key. And so if you're, pra- yeah. if you're participating and training to be present to whatever you are showing up for, then that training is available wherever you are, Right. So it's not that the how of what we do in practice is available as a how wherever you are. Because what we're practicing is not content-based. It's basically presence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, I'm just um, having a a lot of delight with with practicing um, awareness during movement with the walking because of no, mm-hmm. just noticing there's that conditioning it it's 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 become sort of obvious that it's telling me things that I'm sort of shocked by <laughs> so to get my attention like oh you can't walk anymore that well so you can't do walking meditation and i was like what i i walk mm-hmm. okay still you know it's just that i have this injury or whatever and and i and I, all these things came up like, oh, well, let's just try walking really slow, mm-hmm. really slowly and really planting our feet and mm-hmm. experiencing that and, and just, you know, the whole thing about um, you could go as slowly as you, um, I'm not going to get it right, I guess get it the right way, but just don't stop, <laughs> just don't mm-hmm. stop going. 
that and the the snail climbing Mount Fuji, I think it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, that those sort of images um, were actually just, it was like, there's nothing wrong with this. This is how we're going to do it. And we just do it. And it's actually a very delightful way to do walking Mm -hmm. meditation and and things mm-hmm. like that just, um, I, I, I don't think I would be doing that if I hadn't been doing practice. I mean, I wouldn't be experiencing it that way probably. Right. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't know, probably but I'm not. grateful. Yeah. Yes, we're completely grateful, right? Because the voice, if you have an injury and, the, and something in your head that you're not trained to pay attention to says don't walk, we're most likely going to listen to it. But having mm-hmm. uh, having a practice that allows you to go, wait a second, really? I, I, my entire life has been training not to listen to you telling me what to do and what not to do. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this this way, right? I'm going to let, uh-huh. let life walk. And, and you're right. It takes a tremendous level of training to ignore what the voice is saying, to not believe it, to not go with it, and to have our own experience. Yes. And, to those, and that is really experience. what... Yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry, go Sorry. ahead. Well, I was just going to say, just, that's what being part of is, right? Because what, what yes. the voice is trying to do is to bench you. Don't participate in this longer. Don't participate in your life because mm-hmm. you have an injury. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm encouraging you not to do this. Whereas what life is always saying is, let's find a way to do this. It is. It's, it's so, yeah, it's just such a, um, I'm just, it's a gift. I'm just so, so grateful. (laughs) Anyway, thank you. Thank Mm -hmm. you so much. And to Sherry too. And Sangha, Sangha. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Deep gratitude. As we say, we're so lucky. Yeah, and as was said earlier on the show, that even if I'm not practicing in the moment, all these I'm so grateful for all these other people who are practicing and share it, and I get mm-hmm. so much from it. It's yeah, it's 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 wonderful. Thank you, thank you. Thanks for joining us, Margaret, and. Ashwini, I also really appreciate that focus on uh, participation. It's, uh, mm-hmm. in my experience, it's uh, critical. Yes, it makes all the difference. Yes. And Ashwini, we are about three to four minutes to the hour here. Do you want to take another caller or shall we wrap it up? Well, you know, Michael, uh, let's wrap it up. We, we never know that if we're going to go over, and I'm, I'm already showing three minutes to the hour. So we'll just yes. say what a wonderful show. Thank you, everyone, for being here, and go happy. Go happy. Thank you, Ashwini. Thank you, everyone.